Hello, everybody. Welcome to According to Fox. I'm your host, A. Fox. Happy New Year. It is now the first episode of 2022. We got a lot to catch up on, so let me get right into it. First and foremost, um, I didn't do a show last week, and that means the last show I did was December 27th. Betty White died at the age of 99 on New Year's Eve. Her birthday was 17 days away. She would have been 100 on the... No, on the... um Yep, on the 17th, she would have been 100. So... You know, everybody knows Betty White. She's on the Golden Girls. She played Rose. She was the dim-witted, sweet, good-hearted, kind one. But she was, like, hilarious. And she had to be, what, 60? In her 60s when Golden Girls came out? She's the last. She was the last surviving Golden Girl. And, you know, her career just kept taking off still, even at 99. Um... She she lived a long, health, healthy life. She lived a long, happy life. That's what everybody says. She left her mark on so many people. Everybody loved Betty White. And we just knew she was going to live to see 100. And um, I saw a tweet, and they said, Betty White did, being that she was 99 years old, that means she went through 26 leap years. So, in fact, she actually is 100 because if you count those extra days, that's 26 extra days that she lived compared to a year. So, technically, she did live 100 years. And you know what? I like to think of that. That's a good outlook. She did make it to 100, just not in the literal sense, but technically, she did. So, rest in peace to the late, great Betty White. And then, on January 6th, which was this past Thursday, we lost our beloved Sidney Poitier. Um, He was the first black male actor. I think the first, no, the first black actress was Hattie McDaniel. But the first black male actor to win an Oscar was Sidney Poitier. He was also the first Bahamian actor, he's from the Bahamas, to win such an award. <clears throat> Sorry, he's been in countless movies. I like the movie. What was the movie when he slapped that white man? I think that was The Heat of the Night. He's been in so many things. Um, Sidney Poitier is literally the trailblazer. There would be no Denzel if it wasn't for Sidney Poitier. Let's just say that. He was an incredible actor. He lived to be 94. And I know some people are like, oh, you don't expect certain people to die and they're legendary. But these people have lived some healthy lives, some long lives. It's pretty amazing to see how far, you know. 94 is no small feat. So it's it's really it's really good to know that I'm not saying it's good that they died. I, get, I, I don't mean like that. Like it's just good to know people who are living fruitful lives these days and fulfilled lives as well. Um, rest in peace to the great Sidney Poitier. Incredible actor, a dramatic actor. Um, he was like the first actor that Hollywood took serious. That was a black man, you know. And then he stood firm in his blackness as well. He was an activist. 
He he was so many things to our culture, to our people, and he set the trend. He literally is the original. That is the OG. So, R.I.P. to Sydney Poitier. So, I'm sorry for such, you know, deep news. It gets so deep in the <laughs> goddamn people talking section because current events sometimes is is very sad. That's why I don't watch the news. It's always some sad shit happening, and you know. I'm sorry to be a downer. I might have to switch segments. I might have to make this the middle segment so y'all don't come in just like depressed and shit. Um, and justice has been served for the first, not the first time, but it damn sure feels like it. Um, Ahmaud Arbery, the black jogger who was murdered in cold blood by three racist, despicable, disgusting white thugs. Um, his Thugs, the murderers, have all been sentenced to life in parole. One was sentenced, the one who did the, the recording, because I think somebody recorded it. But um, the one who did that, he got life with the possibility of parole. But everybody is spending life in jail. That was like the first real time we got some real justice for everybody. They need to get that DA too, though. The DA that thought that she wasn't going to bring up charges on them for whatever reason. I guess she thought it was okay for them to kill and murder that young man in cold fucking blood. Make sure she gets charged with obstruction of justice and aiding and abetting and whatever other lawyer shit y'all could throw at her. Whatever other charges you got. All right? Make sure. She's an accomplice, too, because she's trying to cover that shit up. Do all that. Don't Give a conspiracy. Give her 30 years. You know, fuck her. Um, I'm glad he got the justice he deserved. I'm so happy for him. Like, it, I wish he was here. It's, it's sad that he had to die, but at least something happened. At least justice happened. Um, this week they premiered the movie on Emmett Till. Well, it's on his mother and her strength during what happened with her son. I can't bring myself to watch it. Like, this has been a part of our history for so long. And it's I'm not saying they died the same way, but the foreshadowing is crazy. Like, this, this dude was just jogging minding his business, 27 years old, and he just get, he gets killed for what? It's not even worth losing your life. Whatever, whatever it was, it wasn't worth him losing his life. It wasn't. And he didn't do anything. All he did was jog. But they were saying that he went through a house and did all these things, and they were trying to protect their neighborhood bullshit. Y'all was nigger hunting. That's exactly what y'all was doing. And that's the same thing that happened with Emmett Till in 1955. 57 years ago. That And he was a teenage boy. He was a child. He was 14. And he was just, ugh. After watching Lovecraft Country, there's a specific scene where the white character asked to be killed the way Emmett Till was killed because... She was immortal and she wanted to feel the pain or whatever. She wanted to empathize. And when I saw it, and I saw them do it to her, I was like, oh, my God, they really did this to a real 14-year-old black boy in real life. Like, this is not movie. It's a, it's a show. But what really happened to him really fucking happened in real life. This is what they did to this child, a child, because they thought he was whistling at the bitch. This is what they did. And my mother watched it, and she's like, oh, are you going to watch it? And I was like, I don't think I can. 
And I love my people. I hate that our history is just like covered in bloodshed and and pain and torment. I hate that. But I love my people so much. And I've known this story since I was younger. My parents beat black history in my head. They beat everything that happened to us and and what happened once we came to this country and what they did to us, they, they told us this nonstop. It wasn't just for February, I promise. And to just watch a show and then really see him, like even in Lovecraft Country, I knew it was him. He interacted a couple times, it's fine. But to watch a full episode and it's like you're getting to know this kid and you're going to see him and you're going to like probably fall in love with him. Probably going to think, oh yeah, <laughs> this kid is dope, he's a good kid. And know what happens to him at the end, I can't, I can't put myself through it. I even went to the National African American Museum, and they have a, a whole exhibit with his actual coffin, with the casket that he was shown in when his mother made it an open casket so the world could see what they did to her son. And I couldn't go in. I, I could not bring myself to go in there. And it wasn't, it's not like the body's in there. It's just a box, but just knowing that he was in there, oh, I couldn't do it. It was breaking my heart staying outside of it. Like I felt some type of energy and it, it, oh, it fucked with me so bad. I don't think I'll be able to see that. I really don't think that's a, a movie I can watch. Um, I love that the story's being told. Because I'm sure, I'm not saying that you guys aren't teaching your kids anything, but I don't think it was, it's as prevalent as it was to us or as it was to our parents when it happened. You know, like my mother was born in 1958 and it was three years before she was born. You know, my aunt was born that same year. Like it's, it's not far. It's not that far in history that this happened to this man. You know, it could have been somebody's parent. My father was born the year after this happened. So, like, this is not that far removed. They want you to think that this was 150 millions of years ago. No, this was a parent ago. For me, this was a parent ago. For some 90s kids, yo, grandma. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is for real. This is, this, this is generations that you can see and touch and speak to. So... I, I'm sure the children need to know what happened with him. I'm sure they need to know the story. But as for me, I'm not ready for it. I'm never going to say never. But as of right now, I can't see it. Because we're, we're going through Emmett Till shit t- still today. With no justice, you know. And I'm just glad Ahmad got the justice he deserves. But damn, it got heavy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it got so heavy. I'm so sorry. Because I'm, I'm getting sad thinking about it. Whew, sorry, y'all. Um, but if y'all want to watch it, it's on Channel 7, I believe, Wednesday. Um, his mother's name was Mamie Till, so it was about what she was going through with that. Um, other news. I try not to speak on certain people because I don't, I don't want to be a Wendy Williams kind of person. I want to keep y'all abreast of what's going on. I want to give y'all my opinion. I also don't want to come across judgy. But then there's some people I really don't fucking like, <laughs> and I don't know how to hide it. I'm just, it's not in my ministry <laughs> to, to just hide this shit. So, oh God, <laughs> again, <laughs> again, I apologize if it comes off as judgy. Just, 
she just rubs me wrong way. So Ari, um, I'm I'm saying this because I don't know what businesses she owns. I have no idea what the fuck she does, but be a rapper's girlfriend and a rapper's baby mother. So Ari is G Herbo's baby mother and Money Baggio's current girlfriend. All I know that they do is bookings and and fucking fashion over modeling. I don't know. She made, she was on the podcast and they discussed, you know, how her relationship is going with Moneybag Yo. And she says that, you know, he calms her down because she used to be wild. She used to do a lot of extra stuff. And then she's like, she'll be, she'll threaten to leave even though she wasn't leaving. And she'll be trying to pack her bags. And she said something to the effect of, and I be wanting him to just like, stop me, like get your gun and stop me, pull your gun out on me. And she, I, I don't know why she thought that shit was cute or funny. Some people do. Some people think it is. But I wouldn't even say that on no fucking podcast. Don't get me wrong. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to say whatever you want to say. But there's consequences. You can say what you want. That's cool. If you, y'all learned any from the last, anything from the last president, that nigga said what the fuck he wanted to say. With no consequence. And this is what happens. Sometimes when you say certain shit, consequences befall you. So it was basically, yeah, I want to pull out a gun on me to send the fifth. And then, you know, some people were telling her, you know, that's a bit excessive. Maybe you should want better for yourself. And brought up domestic violence. And she said she didn't care about people who were victims of domestic violence. She wasn't talking about them. You know what I'm saying? She was just talking about herself. Well, she was an ambassador for Savage X Fenty, which is Rihanna, literally one of the most prolific and famous domestic violence survivors. Um, what is it? Lingerie line. She was dropped after those comments. And not too long ago, like a year and a half ago, when Megan and, um, you know, the little small one, got into that altercation where he allegedly shot her. Drea said something about, oh, it's just some love stuff going on. And, you know, sometimes, you know, that's how men act when they love you. Some shit like that. Basically, he loved her so much he shot her. I don't know. It was it was weird. I guess she thought it was a joke. First of all, it was fairly new. The wound was still, literally, the wound was still there. The wound was still healing. And she said that, again, on the podcast, people be saying so much shit on the podcast. <laughs> she said on the podcast, and she got dropped from Savage Fancy too. So she asked, basically, she um put up a post probably last week about wanting to be back as an ambassador for Fancy because she apologized. And apologies are fine. I think, it's, I think an apology is an adult thing to do. It's very mature. You know, it's, even if you know... What you did was wrong. You acknowledge it. You feel regret for it. That's great. That does not mean you get your way again. You can say sorry all day. It can be accepted. It can be forgiven. Doesn't mean you're going to get back what you want. So once Ari was dropped, it was a whole conversation with her on live about how she don't, she done made 200000 already in the year. That's amazing. Rihanna's a billionaire. Literally a bill to the point where she hasn't dropped an album and we don't even know how fucking long. And she is a billionaire. She may not drop music ever again. 
which I'm okay with. That's another story for another day. Shout out to Rihanna, queen. Shout out to you, business lady. Um, but she she directly was affected by it, you know? The, the whole Chris Brown thing, it was a, literally a dent in her career when that happened. And you are wearing her stuff, her lingerie, her clothing. Why aren't you cognizant enough to know that what you're about to say would bother you're pretty much your boss. I'm not saying she works for her directly, but being a, a savage, fancy ambassador, I'm sure it comes with a bag. You know what I'm saying? So if you, if a person can give you a bag and take it away, they technically on some bullshit with you. Sorry to tell y'all. So if you knew this is what she was going through, it's well documented. It was all over the news for wild long, for years at a time. If you knew this already, why would you not only say what you say, but then double down on your ignorance? Once you double down on that ignorance, that's it. She didn't even, and even with um, Drea, Drea didn't even get a chance to double down on her ignorance. She was dropped like an album on a Tuesday in 2001. Like she was dropped. And so she basically, I ain't missing no meals. I don't give a fuck about Savage Fancy. All right, that's fine. You don't got to give a fuck about it. That's fair. She's going to get more ambassadors and other people who know what to say. At the end of the day, you can't say everything you feel on, on Beyonce's internet. I know. It's free speech, freedom of speech. That's great. That's amazing. But with trolls and with everything on here that stays on here, once it's on the internet, it stays on the internet. With all that going on, you have to be aware of what you say. If you want to say what you want, fine. Be whoever you want. Be Candace Owens. Say everything that's on your mind. But when you get backlash and when people feel like saying this and that and the third, then don't be surprised. (laughs) Don't be shocked. And it didn't even seem like Ari was fucking, you know, apologetic about the situation. I don't know what that girl do. <laughs> I still don't know what she do. Uh, I, it's not my business to know what she does. It's just, she, whatever. If you booking shows and doing all that shit for, for whatever reason, I don't know what her talent is. I don't know if she has one. But you lost out on the bag and you lost out on the opportunity because you thought this shit was funny. You thought this shit was cute. And then it's like, oh, fuck it. I don't need it. All right, then. Don't need it. Then why would you go on live if you don't care? If you ain't care so much, why did you have so much to say about it? It's just it's just weird shit to me. You know, and a lot of people said, wow, you can't say nothing that you want on the internet. You know what's so funny? I was looking at them shade room comments. And a lot of them people that say that, when somebody says something crazy on the internet, they on their neck. <laughs> but when it's your favorite rapper's, Baby mother, you are just the most empathetic person ever. All right, cool. Say whatever you want. Oh, and then... Oh, I'm, I'm so sad about this. Oh, wait, let me backtrack. Rihanna's opening five stores of Fenty. Not one location is in New York, but I'm very happy for her for having her own brick-and-mortar stores. I'm not the super fan of Savage Fenty. I feel like it's been hit or miss with me. Like, Victoria's Secret, I, I love it. It's home. It hasn't given me enough to make me say, fuck Vicky, I'm going to be, like, exclusively Savage Fancy. 
But if she builds a store in New York, maybe you can see what it's hitting for. But shout out to her for building five locations because it's a predominantly online lingerie boutique. So good for you, Riri. I'm sorry, we keep saying her name wrong. Her name is Rihanna. Did y'all know her name is Rihanna? I be calling that girl Rihanna all the time. That child name is Rihanna, and she always says Rihanna, and we just be like, all right, bitch, well, we call you Rihanna. Why the fuck do black people do that? Anyway, sorry. Other news. So, there has been another allegation against Tremaine Nevison, a.k.a. Trey Songs. Now, y'all know I love Trey Songs, but this is getting excessive, right? I would like to know more about what's happening because I was definitely... All right, so with the Kiki Palmer thing, when the way she explained it sounded weird. I, I'm sorry. I love... I love defending my black women it just didn't sound right to me it sounded crazy because I remember this the situation when it happened and I remember seeing both of them on snapchat so she snapchatted Trey like smoking weed and he's in some girls faces and shit like that and then when Trey had the camera showing pictures and all that she was saying how she had to hide in the closet it was weird because she she was saying she had to hide in the closet and all this extra stuff and Trey put her in an uncomfortable position. And when he went on Breakfast Club and addressed it, I hate to say it. His, his, I'm not saying that because I, I, I'm wildly attracted to him. I'm saying it because it, it just made more sense. It was like, yeah, he was like, she was recording me too. She was taking pictures of me smoking weed and then girls' faces and I ain't say nothing to her. You know what I'm saying? She recorded me without my permission. And he said it wasn't his boat. It was a video shoot. You came on the boat. I have no control over who has the cameras. It's not my shit. It made sense to me. And so I'm like, all right, well, I, I hear it. Uh, it, it just sounds better. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you. I don't know what Kiki was trying to do, but it, it just didn't, it didn't compute. It didn't add up. So now this is like the fourth or fifth accusation. And um, a girl who used to play for um, Vegas... Um, I believe college basketball, Dylan Gonzalez said, um, Trey Songs is a rapist who I couldn't hold in for another year. I still don't understand the reason why um, a lot of people wait like a year to say something like that. I, I don't get it. It's not up to me to decide when. I just feel like it'll be a lot easier <laughs> to combat your claims if you guys come up, you know, just a little sooner, just just make it a little faster when you have these, um, what's the word? It's not a confession. <laughs> like, I don't know, because they didn't do anything wrong. So what is the word? Whatever the word is, when you have these these things to say about people, especially something as damning as rapists and stuff like that, we maybe you guys should just be a little bit faster in the approach. Don't let it fester for a year. Don't let like it's it's harder to get convictions and to get a, build a case if you wait long enough. I'm not saying it because oh you gotta do it asap. I'm saying like just for time purposes, <clears throat> it's pretty time sensitive. You know when you when you give when you accuse somebody of something like that and you want to seek justice. It, it's about timing. You should really make sure. Because it's taking forever for Bill Cosby's victims to get fucking justice. This, all this shit happened like 50, 40 years ago. You know? You gotta... Y'all gotta do things in a timely manner if you feel like 
exposing someone's creepiness. I don't know why she waited a year. I don't know what happened. She didn't divulge any other information. Then he's a rapist. So this is one problem I have as well. And I've always voiced this. That's why I love having a podcast because my shit is always on the record. And I'm not trying to be problematic in the least. What I'm just suggesting is it's not everybody's business what went down with you. I'm not saying that you have to tell everybody, tell the world your trauma and your tragedy and what you have to deal with. But if you are going to say someone is something as inflammatory as someone being a rapist, you might have to divulge a little more information because that's that's a real bad word to use if there's no story behind it. You know, people are all going to be very skeptical if it's like, well, she called him a rapist. so And now it's like, oh, she called him a rapist, so he must be a rapist. And he's not saying anything either, so that's not helping his case either. If he is, if he isn't, he needs to speak up. He really needs to say something about it. But I find it very strange that you could just call somebody a rapist and go on about your life. Like, like oh, he's a rapist, though. Because I, I couldn't imagine if that was somebody I'm related to or somebody I'm close to, and it's like, oh, he's a rapist. If I'm going to go out and, and publicly say someone is a rapist, a murderer, a serial killer, a pedophile, I'm going to file charges on that person. I'm saying that because when people ask, why would you say that? It's, it's public record now. The courts have it. At least you know there's a story behind it. You're not just saying it to say it. You're not saying it because a nigga turns you down. But one thing I do think is the problem with Trey, I'm just guessing. Never met the man before. Don't know him. I've been to a couple shows, but like it's not like me and him like hang out and text each other. <laughs> I do not know that man. But I feel like he feels like every woman in the world is attracted to him. So I think he might have that kind of, like from what I'm hearing with the stories, with the four or five stories I've heard, is that he looks at a woman, he's attracted to her, and he automatically knows that she wants to fuck with him. So he, he makes the first move. So he'll, he'll be like, all right, so what's up? Like, or he'll, he'll touch you or try to kiss you because you want to be kissed by Trey Songz. But he has to understand, just because just somebody's cup of tea don't mean you everybody's shot to do say. Like, I feel like, like that's the one corresponding denominator I see. It's Trey was looking at me, and I'm like, what's he looking at? And he walks up to me like, so what's up? What are we going to do? What makes you think I'm trying to fuck you? I think he has that, that handsome man syndrome. Like, I'm mad handsome. I'm mad cute. All these bitches want me. And that's not the case for everybody. So I feel like that's definitely his M.O. If, that, if that's what's happening, that's probably his M.O. I love Trey songs. I love his music. I, and I feel like a lot of people is, are going against him. Because you know what's so funny? Chris Brown could do all types of shit to women. Y'all motherfuckers bump his whack-ass albums. I said it. His albums are whack. He got some dope singles. He can dance his ass off. He is a very, very, very talented singer and artist. But that nigga's a bozo when it comes to women. And I can't stand on his albums. They are never cohesive. They Z100, Hot 97, Power 105, BLS, and fucking classic rock. They, it, it's just too much. Either way, 
But the way that yellow nigga look, and the way, every, and I don't know why y'all so attracted to him. That nigga is heroin chic, but whatever. He definitely give me junkie vibes. But he can do whatever, and it's like, oh, well, Chris Brown didn't do it. He didn't. He didn't hit Rihanna. I still love him. Oh, y'all know how to turn that shit on and off. And I fucks with Trey Song, but this shit is is disturbing me. It it does bother me. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, it's fuck Trey Songs forever. I'm not there yet. It took it took R. Kelly Combs up the Pied Piper for me to go, you know what? I'm going to leave this nigga alone. And that was fucking how, 2015? Shit. That was 2005, excuse me. That was 17 years ago. Once he saw Combs up the Pied Piper, I said, he don't give a fuck. And I, I was done. I was good on R. Kelly from then. So it, it took a minute for me, even though I... I heard the music, I saw the videos, but once he like was like, yeah, nigga, I'm the Pied Piper, I, I'll play music and bring your kids to me, it was it was over for me. I couldn't fuck with nigga after that. That's just me. But, yeah, so Trey has another accusation. He has been quiet as fuck for the past eight, nine days. I'm going to need you to talk to Charlemagne, Oprah, somebody you find, Gail King, I don't know, but we need to hear what you have to say. And um, this Dylan girl, I'm gonna need more from you, sis. I'm gonna just need a little bit more than you just saying rapist, like it's a regular word. Antonio ain't shit brown strikes again. So, and I'm I'm telling you, this nigga is all about the ulterior motive. Everybody keeps talking about him been the same since he got hit. I listen, listen. Don't get me wrong, CC is a real thing, but there's something the fuck wrong with him anyway. So, they were playing the Jets, the Buccaneers, you know, because Tom Brady put him on the Buccaneers after he fucked up the Patriots bag. And when Tom went to the Buccaneers, Gronkowski came, Richard Sherman came, and now, and fucking Antonio Brown came. Antonio got a ring with Tom. You know, Tom let that happen for him. He also stayed in Tom's house. Tom allowed him to live in his house as well. One of his houses, not like his main house with all his children and shit. But whatever. So, the game last Sunday, it's the Jets, the terrible Jets versus the Buccaneers. And the Jets were winning, which was odd as fuck to me. Um, At the half, the Jets were winning. So, a few friends of mine, about four people I know was at that Jets game. Them shits must have been on sale. Because my own boy's a Giants fan, that nigga was there. So... All I see is, like, Instagram stories, and then I see it on the Shade Room. And Antonio Brown is getting off the field, taking off his jersey, throwing it into the stands. Um, His teammates were trying to talk to him. He wasn't listening, da-da. And he does jumping jacks on the side and waves at the New York crowd and runs into the little fucking hallway that they go to to play football. The game is not over. Literally, it's not over. And with Tom Brady as your quarterback, the game is never over until the end of the 
fucking game. Until it says zero colon zero zero fourth quarter, the game is not over if Tom Brady's your fucking quarterback. So he he just runs off the field. So they asked the coach, Bruce Arians, about him. He said, Oh, he's no longer a buck, so we're not gonna talk about him. He's not even he that nigga kicked him off the team mid-game. Right? So Everybody's like, oh, you know, mental health is a problem. And don't get me wrong, it is a real thing. Mental health is an issue. And, you know, we got to pray for A.B. Tom Brady goes to the press conference and says, you know, I just found out what was going on after the game. You never know what's going on with people. You know, I'm just going to pray for him. You know, like nothing but good things. He didn't say anything about him being terrible to work with. Anything like that. So... The next day, you know, Instagram's up. Antonio Brown's with Fab, hanging out with Fab, apparently all through the streets of New York. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Why is this nigga, this nigga came all the way over here instead of playing the Jets. He just wanted a trip to New York to chill with Fab. Like, what the fuck is this nigga talking about, Right. So, Fab is posting them hanging out at the spot, shit like that. And it's like, okay, he's not a buccaneer. I see why this nigga ain't doing his job, right? So, then he releases a statement saying that the buccaneers pressured him to play with broken fragments in his ankle against the game during the Jets. And how, basically... He didn't want to play, and he had receipts about him talking to the coach, and the coach told him to play anyway with somebody subpar. This is where it don't make sense to me, right? So he specifically says that as part of their ongoing um, cover-up, they are acting like I wasn't cut and now demanded that I see a doctor of their choice to examine my ankle. What they did not know until now is that on Monday morning, I had an urgent MRI ankle MRI on my ankle. It shows broken bone fragments stuck in my ankle, the ligament torn from the bone, and cartilage loss, which are beyond painful. You can see the bone bulging from the outside, but that must and can be repaired. The MRI has been read by two top orthopedic surgeons in NYC, including Dr. Martin O'Malley at Hospital for Special Surgery. This is therein lies the rub. How the fuck are you doing jumping jacks and running across that field acting the fucking fool if you are in, if your injuries are beyond painful? That doesn't make sense to me. And um, my homeboy said, you know athletes play through the pain all the time. Nigga, this is not play through the pain. If you are a football player and a bone is bulging out of your fucking ankle, you can't play. You ain't supposed to walk. You're not supposed to have the ability to do those things. So this is my thing. If you that hurt, why the fuck you acting like that? You know what I would have done? If I was that hurt on the field and they was like, oh, yeah, he five catches away from his bonuses. Nigga. Nigga, your ankle doesn't work. So what? which one is it? Were you trying to get your little extra bonus money? It's not little money. It's big money. Don't get me wrong. You trying to get your extra bonus money or you trying to fuck up your ankle? Which one? Which one are you trying to do right now? Because if you saying they force you to play, 
But then the other dynamic is, oh, he has to make his catches. Then do you want to play or not? What's going to happen to you? And Tom Brady always forces catches to you. All the fucking time he always forces a catch to you. So you can get something. Right? So all that, oh, my my needle, my um ankle don't work, all this. But you running around gallivanting with fab all fucking day. All fucking day. You just, just hanging around with Loso in case you ain't no so. Right? That's my that's one problem. So you ain't that hurt. Just like when you was younger and you was sick and you told your mother you staying home. The minute you start running around, your mother's going to tell you, listen, clearly you ain't that sick. <laughs> you could have went to school. Matter of fact, I'll take you there now. You know how black mothers are. We, that's, we was all raised the same. So you know that's how black mothers are. <laughs> so... For you to be that hurt and that in pain and all this extra shit, sir, you surely wasn't acting like it. You ain't play your part, play the role. Nigga, then he released a fucking diss record. He released a diss record. <laughs> I don't understand what his problem is. So now he, he now he's a rapper. He's a fucking rapper. Let's get that now. So he didn't have time to play. He didn't have time to stay for the game. But he had time to have a diss record that same night. He goes on a podcast again in New York. Nigga, if you wanted to have a vacation in New York, you should have just said that. Anyway, so he goes on the podcast and he says, Brady can't do shit by himself, but you guys are going to make it seem like he's just this heroic guy. Excuse me, nigga, he's your hero. He saved your life and your ass on plenty of occasions. We're not going to make it seem like nothing. This is what he did for you. That's what Tom did for your black ass. And then he said, Tom Brady's my friend. Why? Because I'm a good football player. He needs me to play football. Sir, that man has six rings without your ass, and he's well on his way for another one. He gave you one. He put you on this team on his seventh ring. And he's well on his way to get the eighth ring next month. Without you, still. And let's be very clear. Tom Brady has not made the playoffs with amazing teams. He's just an amazing quarterback. But sometimes he, sometimes he has dope receivers. Sometimes he has a good D-line. Sometimes, sometimes the shit's good. But nobody, and I mean nobody, is as good as Tom Brady is on his Patriots. And on the Buccaneers. Now the Buccaneers, everybody came through. Gronkowski came back. A.B. came. Fucking uh, Richard Sherman's there. A lot of people went to the Buccaneers because, you know, if you playing with Tom, then you get in the ring. You are. He's the GOAT. They don't call him the GOAT for no fucking reason. And all this shit he did for you, y'all saying he's your friend because he needs you as good. Nigga, that nigga don't need you. He don't. He really doesn't. Didn't then, doesn't now, never will. And I honestly feel like, because I feel like Tom got that same Kobe mentality where he's going to show you. I think he going double win <laughs> the fucking Super Bowl just to show you, and I did it without you. You wasn't even here today. <laughs> like, the fucking, the inconsideration, the unmitigated gall of you. To talk so negative about a nigga who did the most for you. 
I wouldn't even let them, them bring Tom Brady up if I was you. He put you on the team after you fucked up with your original team. He put you on that team and you fucked that team up. He went to a different team and brought you with him. Let you live with him. Let you stay with him. Still ain't say nothing bad about you when you did that dickhead shit on fucking Sunday. And the first thing that come out your mouth trying to discredit this nigga's greatness. Like he's some heroic guy. He is heroic to you, nigga. He is your hero. Enrique Iglesias. Hell yeah, he is. The least you could say is thank you to nigga. Or like, nah, we're not going to talk about time. That's a whole different thing. That's my people's or he's done a lot, whatever. Fuck that. The nerve of you. The fucking nerve. Tom, I got money on you today. I got money on the bucks today. So, like in other news, fuck AB. I, that's the first thing I'm going to say. Fuck AB. You don't talk about my goat and think I'm cool with it. Fuck AB and fuck his diss record. And why the fuck are you still in New York? Go home. Oh, or, is he, or you still at Tom's house? Go the fuck home. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Gambling, mobile gambling has become legal in New York City. New York State, actually. And I must confess, I think I have a gambling addiction. And I'm not kidding. So, <laughs> I gamble small increments. I am not a big money gambler. If you know me, I do not. I went to Vegas, and it was my homeboys and my homegirls. And the men put up $50, $100 bets. If my homeboy put up a $50 bet, I put up a $5 on that crap table. <laughs> right there, a little $5 chip. If they put up $100... Ten. That's it. I'm not a big betting person. So I got FanDuel. I got DraftKings. And then I saw on Facebook that promotion's over now, so I'm trying to do it. That Caesars on booking was giving $300 to bet. Just giving it to you. Like, just to sign up and bet with them. And I have been spending Caesars money like mad. (laughs) Like mad. So with fucking DraftKings, not DraftKings, I haven't even done that yet. With FanDuel, I made three $5 bets. That's big money for me. Y'all don't understand. That's a lot of fucking $5 each time. I don't care what y'all say. I'm not ready to shell out $10 for each bet. That's $30. And people do $50. $150 and I may not win? What is wrong with y'all? I'm not betting no more than I'm willing to get rid of. So with FanDuel, I mean, I'm saying FanDuel, with Caesars, I have been betting money. So the next one I have is I have the, because the Buccaneers and the Panthers are playing each other. So they had a a parlay. I'm learning the words. I'm so proud of myself. So they have a parlay that for the first two if I'm for the first half, no, each half, I'm lying, each half, both teams have to score two or more touchdowns. If they do, that five dollars I put down is gonna give me four hundred and five dollars. Now, if I'd have made it fifty, it'd have been four thousand. But no, I wasn't gonna make it fifty. I'll be fine with the four hundred dollars <laughs> from the five dollars. So Tom, make sure you make that work out for me. Cause the Eagles fucked me up yesterday. So make sure you work that out. And then on, that's on FanDuel. On Caesars, I have the Patriots, Titans, Ravens, and Chargers all winning today. And I bet $10 and I get 42 back. That sounds nice. That's a nice return. I'm not mad at 10 and 42. And then I made another wager that the three QBs that's playing, the rookie QBs that's playing, each have to pass 
he should have to have two touchdown passes today. All three of them. There's, and if they all do it, and this is a $30 wage. Again, Caesars gave me 300 So I'm, this is day money. I would not spend $30 any other time. The $30 wager would bring me in $1,020. So y'all keep y'all fingers crossed. I'll let y'all know next show if I want or not. But if I don't win nothing this week, I, I quit. <laughs> I quit gambling. I do not want the, the monkey on my back that is gambling addictions. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm not doing nothing strange for a bet. So if I don't win nothing this weekend, I'm deleting all these fucking apps. But it's about time. Like, I, damn, we in New York City. What took y'all so long to let us fucking gamble? People got to go to the gas station to gamble. They got to go to Jersey and shit. Come on now. I'm happy about it. I'm really happy about it. I think it's dope. Um, I Hopefully, everybody does this in moderation. Please don't become a full-on addict like me because I became a whole gambling addict in a matter of minutes. So don't don't let that be yourselves. I've been looking at this little app for the longest. Show some restraint, people. Be better than me. Please be better than me because, again, if I don't win shit, all the shit get deleted. Um. Oh, <laughs> Tristan, third trimester Thompson. We discussed the baby that was a, a, a maybe baby to him. It turns out that he is the dad. A duh. A duh. A duh. A duh. <laughs> right? And I'm saying that because there was no doubt in that girl's mind that he was the father. And there was no doubt in his mind when he's in the DMs. Because that nigga said, I'm not going to be active in that child's life. And you're not getting, getting no fucking money from me. So it is what it is. So, I didn't know him and Chloe was together. I really felt like they was fake together, like baby mother, baby father shit. But I know they was like a thing again. I didn't think they was a thing again. And he like lets out a lengthy apology to Chloe. I'm like, you saying sorry to Chloe, not to the child you just denied and said that she wasn't going to do nothing for. Not to the first baby mother that you did dirty and you left her when she was like pretty much eight months pregnant for Chloe. Not the new baby mother who you said all the shit about and said that's not your baby and turned out true. You apologizing to Chloe and then buying your daughter true flowers because of what? Son, son, he's a dickhead. Like, he's a for real dickhead. And shout out to Jordan Woods. Sis literally said, I don't want your situation. And she's in a much better one than you are right now, honey. I don't empathize with Khloe Kardashian or any Kardashians, but her in particular, because she has made it her ministry and her brand to fuck with niggas who've already, who's already fucking with somebody. And don't get me wrong. It's the niggas' fault, too, because she don't really owe nobody. But at the end of the day, this pattern is your karma. This is what happens. When niggas are cheating on a woman with other women, okay, I'm not putting it on the other woman. I'm just saying, y'all be knowledgeable of the shit and be okay with it until it's you. And when it's you, now you're sad, now you're crying, now you're in distress. Have the same energy you had when you knew that nigga was fucking with her and you still fucked with him anyway. That's all I'm saying. And she's known for this shit. This is literally on brand for her. 
I don't have sympathy for Chloe. She keeps going under the knife to look blacker and blacker every chance she get and get cheated on still. Christian is a, a Jamaican Canadian. He is bound to have other families. He is. But that nigga is a fucking meatball. He's he's a dickhead. I don't understand why he's like that. I never everybody said, how does he find time to play basketball? Do y'all realize Tristan Thompson is not a good basketball player? He's really not. Like, he was on the Cavaliers with LeBron and got that ring. But that nigga's not a good basketball player. Like, nobody's paying to see Tristan Thompson. He is not filling up any seats in the arena. All he can do is fuck bitches on the road because he's not scoring no points. That nigga averages like seven points a game. Who needs him? He's, I, that's how I know y'all don't watch basketball. When does he have time to play basketball? Bitch, when is he playing? He doesn't play. Nobody's like, yo, get Tristan in here. Nobody wants that nigga. No. No. I don't think he could play in the fucking Rucker on a, on a Tuesday in August. I don't think he could do that. Nah, keep that nigga. Tristan, you're a mess. Chloe, you're also a mess. But Tristan, you're a fucking mess. You have to do better and be better. Now you got three goddamn kids. Three of them. Good luck. And you are young, too. You still got time. I guess you're trying to pull fucking Wilt Chamberlain numbers one day. I don't know. But Tristan, get your shit together. Shout out to you, though, Jordan. Because they tried to assassinate your character at every turn. Made you seem like this type of person. And look at you. Flourishing with Carl Anthony Towns. Looking better than you ever looked. You you look amazing. You look blessed, girl. You look up. You look great. You look good. Woman cry. Woman cry. Gives life. Gives us life. Mother Mary and baby, the burden she carries all time. Burden she carries. Woman The topic from today comes from something that happened this week on the podcast. I care not to name. I don't think they need any more attention and accolades that than they have received this week. Honestly, I never heard they shit before. And don't give me to they probably never heard of mine. But, you know, they, they got too much shine. Even all publicity ain't good publicity, but, you know, I'm sure they got the most views they ever got this week. And so they had Asian Doll um, on as a guest. You know, I think Asian Doll, is it, it perplexes me that she speaks on colorism and how bad dark-skinned women are treated. And I agree, dark-skinned women aren't treated and respected the way they should be. But for you to call yourself Asian Doll and you're not Asian, it, it shows a little self-hate there. So maybe self-reflection can work for her. Either way, she's on the show, and the there's um other black girls on the show, and the host, who is of Sudanese descent, right? And there's two hosts. One's black, one's Sudanese, and he's telling one of the black girls, who's not Asian, doll. This is the third time I told you, get off your phone. It's messing up the quality. Talking to her crazy. And Asian doll says, you're mean. She said, just like that, you're mean. And I, 
what do you mean? I mean, I told her, do you know the situation? Like, nah, but you, you being mad mean right now. Like, why are you talking like that? So basically, he's, she's defending her. Like, you're not going to talk to her like that in front of me, shit. And now she he's getting spicy with Asian dog. So first and foremost, I have a problem with men that do this in the first place. Because she didn't even, she wasn't even disrespectful. She said, you know, you really mean right now. Like, not something like, yo, don't fucking talk to her like that, dickhead. That's some shit that I'd say. I'm disrespectful. I'm very aware of that. She just said, you mean. And he just, like, lashes out at her. But she said, she kept her cool. She calmed down. But men that do that, and I know, you know, this is the thing about, I love being from outside. I love being from the hood. Because I could tell a real nigga from a phony fake trying to be this type of person from a mile away. He would have never spoke to another man like that on that show. Never. Not only did you reserve that energy for a woman, you reserved it for a darker woman. You was talking all this rah-rah shit, and then everybody was saying to Asian Doll, because, you know, she's usually a hothead, so they're saying how she's proud of her. She handled it well. You know, that was it's, it's good to see that she's grown. And then... The guy comes out and says, well, it's not like that. And she just made a, she just made a, a comment on how well, she's calling me mean. Da, 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 and I didn't do anything mean to her. Like, he's lashing out at everybody who's commenting. But again, because somebody calls you mean, this is how you respond. What the fuck is wrong with you? Right? So, you know the internet does what the internet does. They dig up some information on the show. So now they're like, why is he acting like that? Because it's, it's very prevalent. It's very clear that you have a problem with women because there's no way for you to respond the way you do and think it's okay. I think, you know, you will not do that with a man. We know that you won't do it with a man. So him, again, the other host is black. Mind you, these are men that are unattractive. They're, they are unattractive. Like, universally. I don't... I'm not speaking on behalf of me. I'm speaking on behalf of women. Um, universally, these men are unattractive niggas. Honestly. So, they have a show saying that they have preferences. And they don't date black women. Like, they don't. So, I think there's nothing wrong with the preference. But I've said this numerous times y'all can't say that you have a preference but then disrespect black women right you could prefer this that the third I get it I have a preference I prefer brown to dark men I do I prefer them greatly that's my preference I don't speak down I just refer to brown and black men. I'm lying. I definitely sometimes say some shit about light-skinned niggas, but y'all know I don't mean it. But either way, these men have said they don't want the Bonquishas and the Key Lolos. Oh, like, wait, what? Excuse me? So this is how you speak on us. This is how you speak on black women. So you prefer not to date black women. You only date white women and the other guy who sees Sudanese doesn't will not marry a Sudanese woman. But and Sudanese women tend to be darker. It's, it's a very warm climate. It's dark in there. <laughs> it is. So 
you're saying all this shit. Now you're saying disparaging remarks against black women. So I've always said this about men who don't date black women, who said who say that they don't date black women. You don't date black women because you can't date black women. That's what it is. And I don't want to hear nothing about black women are shallow. No, no, no. We can tell the type of nigga you are. We are not good with lames. Black women will will not date you. They don't want to date you. And you can't date them. That's what it is. Your, your preference for black women is involuntary. We see right through that shit. We know you corny. We know you this. And, and guess what? When you sit there and have these little shows and have these conversations about how black women are key lolos and all these other stupid ass fucking names that they just couldn't come up with on the spur of the fucking moment. It shows how right we were by not thinking about fucking with y'all. And again, neither one of these niggas are attractive. Not none of them. They don't, they don't date Shaniquas. Shaniquas? Excuse me? This nigga's name is Walter. You have the name of a great-grandfather. The nerve. The gumption. The unmitigated gall of you. How fucking dare you? So, again, idiots. They got all the shine that they got on the show. So, Joe Button says some things. Now, we're going to keep in mind that Joe Button was accused last year of being sexually extra to Olivia Dope on one of his employees on the podcast that used to be on his network, see the thing is. And Olivia Dope, gorgeous woman, gorgeous, dark skin as well. And I'm not saying, oh, he, he wanted to have sex with the dark skin woman, so he's okay. No. <laughs> just saying she just happens to be a gorgeous dark skin woman. Most dark skin women are gorgeous. What is y'all skincare regimen? Anyway, we're gonna get back to that because y'all skin be fucking flawless. But yeah, so he has, he's had his run-ins with women. I said that to say this. He's had his run-ins with women and not, not good ones, not good run-ins. He's had a couple allegations in his way about abuse and things of that nature. So I'm just, this is my disclaimer. I just agree with his statement, but we will keep in mind that he has a history with women as well. Okay. Not a good one. The negative history when it comes to women, just throwing it out there. So Joe Button says, now I don't normally do the repost another pod thing because one, I just don't. And two, some stuff just doesn't deserve to be highlighted. But today I make an exception. I don't know these two doofs, but they don't get to do this. Too ignorant, inexperienced, insecure, fragile, and weak for this stale gimmick to not be seen through. I just said that. Black women are everything, especially beautiful. Every kind of beautiful too. So to hear this from them... LOL, it's laughable, but it's not. It's not y'all don't date black women, fam. Black women won't date y'all, I can tell. See, everybody knows this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me so you harbor this hate and base opinions off as if you've been outside long enough to know, even know yourself. And y'all are angry about it, just not angry enough to not use them. Oh, that's true, because most of the times on the show from... From, I, again, never thought about the show before, never heard of it. Apparently, they always have, like, legions of black women on the show. So, if you don't fuck with black women, why you keep them on the show? Because, oh, you need them. Everybody needs us. Whatever. <laughs> so, it says, um, these idiots know most podcasts can't get off the ground 
or gain any traction without love or hate from black women. Both act as fuel. This is nothing more than a cheap, tasteless heave at a payday. The words don't make match the actions. If you hate them, do it without them. Skip the topic. Don't have them as guests. You clearly don't know how to host them. That's a fact. Don't cater, convo toward them. Say no to every dollar view, like, download, subscription generated directly or indirectly by them. Then I'll believe you. This is just pure laziness amongst other things. If you can't find a funny, creative way to be inclusive or discuss... Hold on. I lost it. I'm so I'm so old. <laughs> or discuss dating, then go back to the drawing board. I'll skip the lecture on self-hatred and just be glad they make it so easy to spot. And lastly, yes, we love Shaniqua and Buquisha. Lacanya is my personal favorite. I see why they hate some of you niggas having microphones. SMH. Face palm. Black power fist. I have never agreed with Joe Budden so much in my life. Like, ever. And I disagree with everything he does. 98.9% of the time. I've never agreed so much with what someone has to say. A lot of the shit, and I've had a show like this before. A lot of the shit that happens in this country don't move without black women. Another thing I despise is this black woman aesthetic that people tend to take. I look on TikTok and there are so many white gay men acting. And yes, you can act like a black woman. Absolutely. Acting like black women. Our vernacular, our nails, our talk, talking like whatever, our black scent, whatever the word they want to use, everything. That shit bothers me to no end. Because why are you talking like that? Just because you gay does not give you the license to think it's okay to be a black woman. Like, oh, like I saw one episode of Insecure a long time ago. It was like like last season. <clears throat> and a gay man tells Kelly, oh my God, you're like my spirit animal. Why? We're either novelty or nothing to you. There's no in between. Uh, something that you can sit there and, and latch on and create your own persona from. And this is us. This is who we are. This is how we've been. This is how we were raised. The women around us speak like this. The women who birthed us act like this. Why do you act like that? There's nothing that bothers me more than this this black woman aesthetic that people want so bad, but then you don't want us. You don't want the black women that come with the aesthetic. Y'all don't want y'all don't want nothing to do with us. You want the way we dress, you want the way we act, you want the way we look. You want all that. But us, ourselves, nah, y'all can do without it. And I'm so sick of that shit. I hate it. I really do. Because it's like, why, why is everything we do, so it's under a microscope, and then it's like we're exhibits all the time. I don't like the zoo because I feel like black people are fucking the zoo. I feel like we are the animals in the zoo. The world looks at everything we do. Y'all study us. Y'all see all the shit we do. Y'all keep us in the cages. Y'all keep us oppressed. Y'all keep us where y'all can control us just enough. Just just our surroundings, our our neighborhoods, our school zones. And then whatever we do, you take it. You take it and then you monetize it. You take it 
and then it becomes a part of your culture, but it's ours. It's always been ours. It's like they, they treat us like we're in a museum. Like, you know, we just artifacts and, oh, this, look, what, look what we found in this, in this country. Look what we found from black people. They do this. We should do that. There's no, way, there's no reason in the world why Balenciaga was having do-rags and calling them silky sheets. White men don't need do-rags. They don't. You know what a do-rags for? It's to keep your waves spinning. Y'all don't have no spinning hair. What do you need a do-rag for? <laughs> you don't have spinning hair. Everything we do, and every what, what Jay said, every other every step you take, they tell you you ghetto. Y'all love saying how something's ghetto when something's not working or something's, something's not bourgeoisie or it's not working the way it's supposed to. But damn if y'all don't love ghetto shit. Damn if y'all ain't create ghettos. Y'all created ghettos. Y'all put us here. What the fuck are you talking about? And then have the nerve to make it seem like it's such a bad thing to be ghetto. Fuck y'all. Y'all trying so hard to be ghetto now. Y'all go to doctors and get ghetto asses. Y'all asses don't come out like that. It's not in your biology for your ass to be fat like that. Stop using us as novelties, man. Stop using us as something. Stop using us, period. Black women aren't for use. That's what the pro- Since we were shipped here, we were used as, as slaves. We was used as fucking rape victims. We was used as wet nurses. We were used as nannies. Use, use, use so you can't use us anymore. And then it's the whole angry black woman trope. No. Angry is not the word. The word is strong and we ain't going to let you slide with shit. Because we sick of it. We have the strength to tell you to get the fuck out my face. That doesn't make me angry. That makes me assertive. That's the difference. Yeah, and you know what? I know a lot. Of, I had a conversation with somebody. A lot of women sometimes don't speak up because they don't want to prolong that narrative. They want they don't want to keep that angry black woman trope going. I am not one of those women. We will get down to it. You say something I don't like. You stand on that shit. I'm a I'm a call you right out on it. What did you just say? Why did you think it was okay to say that? Who the fuck told you you could say that? Don't ever say that shit around me. I'm not letting shit slide. You let niggas slide, they start fucking figure skating and bitch this ain't the ice capades. Nah, go to Disney on X with that shit. Not over here. You don't get to use us and then discard us. Nah, we better than that. We're treasures. Black people as a whole, we are treasures, okay? The shit that we have, you can't make. You can't find. You can't recreate. It's within us already. And I need for them to stop with the dark skin this and black women do this and black. First of all, fuck y'all. Black women ain't going to take your shit. And that's what y'all don't like. It's not that y'all don't like black women. Like I said, black women don't like y'all. And we can see y'all from a mile away. We see the bitch in you. That's just our radar. That's just how our brain works. You don't get to shoot us down. You don't get to renounce us 
and then use names like Shaniqua. What the fuck is wrong with the name Shaniqua? And you know what's so funny? The black guy on that show, the 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 wildly un- well, they're both wildly unattractive, but he's super unattractive. You have a black mother. You're not mixed with anything. You have a black mother. You have a black father. You have black siblings. You have black grandparents. How fucking dare you? Niggas always say shit like that. Oh, I don't want to deal with no black woman. Your mother took care of you. What the fuck is wrong with your mother? It, it, if somebody said that about your mother, y'all be ready to fight. Black men do not play about their moms, man. <laughs> they do not. And if somebody says some shit like that about your moms, y'all be ready to go under a fucking jail. Don't say that about nobody else. Don't say that. And y'all, y'all feel so comfortable. That's why I'm saying that angry black woman trope, it can't be real because y'all feel so comfortable saying that shit all the fucking time. If we so angry, you would leave us the fuck alone, wouldn't you? <laughs> if you was angry, you wouldn't say nothing against us. If we were so angry and you were scared of, of whatever would happen, then you wouldn't be so vocal about disrespecting us because you know what would happen to you. And that's the problem. As, as a black woman, I, when it comes to microaggressions, I speak on them. Because cause there wasn't a language for it before. And I remember growing, not growing up, but I remember being in my 20s and knowing somebody said something that bothered me and me calling them out on it. But there was no word for problematic. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a language for microaggression or gaslighting. Like We wasn't really saying that in 2005, 2006. But I always made it real clear, like, no, you don't get to say that. Not about my people. Not with all the shit we went through. Not, you're not going to sit here and stereotype us like that. I, I do not agree with any angry black woman trope or myth that y'all want to put in front of us. We just don't take no shit. Strong black women, yeah, that's it. That's us. That's me. Shit phenomenal, nigga. <laughs> Phenomenal women is what we are. Word to Maya, Ange- Maya Angelou. I don't know. Well, I almost called that woman. Hey, ma'am. <laughs> Rest in peace, queen. But word to her. We are phenomenal. Shit don't move without us. And y'all know that. And it scares y'all. That's what the problem is. It scares y'all. Because if y'all had a world without black women, God help y'all. I won't get that show any more shine, any more anything. I just know I need our kings to defend us. I need our kings to be on our side with this. And I know it's a lot of division amongst us. It is. But y'all know that though nobody love y'all like us. Y'all know that. That's how most families go. You know, I can talk shit about my brothers all day. Nobody can talk about my brothers in front of me, though. Nobody. I could say whatever. And I, I, you know what? And honestly, in mixed company, I try not to talk bad about black men. I don't. I'd be like mad uplifting. <laughs> if it's a white person there, oh man, black men are kings. I don't give a fuck. Talk to my homegirls, get on my fucking nerves. But you know what? We love y'all. Y'all know we love y'all. Because when something happens, we always at the front line for y'all. And I see men do it all the time. When women get disrespected, I see niggas fight over women they never met. But they're not going to allow you to disrespect another black woman in their face. That's what we need more of. We need that camaraderie. We need that togetherness. We would be so unstoppable, yo, if we really just came together the way we should. If we really just stood by each other 
and just just fought together, couldn't nobody beat us. Nobody, you know? And I do love y'all. I love my black kings. I love being a black queen. I love the black girl magic I possess. I love that black boy wonder y'all got. It's amazing to me how... I know black boys joy, but I think black, black, black woman wonder is my word. There you go. And black man magic, I think, is much better. But I, pers- I personally love us. Words of Monique, I love us for real. <laughs> okay? And I just want us to be more. I want us to be better. And that way people with these platforms don't get to say this shit and without consequence. And I'm not saying violence, even though I'm not against it. I'm not saying violence. But people should know that it's certain shit you just can't say and think everything's going to be okay. Nah. So being a black woman is literally what I am. That's, that's, that's my identity first and foremost. I am a black woman first. And I wouldn't want to be anything else. The Weekly Hustle is a poem from Teresa Songbird. Check it out. You so black. You so black. When you smile, the stars come out. You so black. When you born, the God come out. Black is not. Black when it's wrong and black when it's right. Black is pyramids and mathematics. Black is melanized in magic. Black is televised and in need of drastic black advancement. Black enhances black with chances. Black with privilege. Black with pride. Black on purpose on the black hand side. Black and beautiful. Black and blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. Black and blessed. Black and so much more. Black and nothing less. Black and educated. Black is brilliant. Black is strong, black is resilient, black is song, black is infinite, like hip-hop or space. Black is grace, black is love, black makes babies, black babies grow up, black is tough, black is hard to do. Black is me, black is you. Black is not something we get to choose, but it is something we get to cherish. It's something we get to wear and we get to rock this with honor. I'm black like my granddaddy and my great, 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 great grandma. Black is that lift every voice and sing. Black is that letting your freedom ring and resound. Black is adjective, adverb, color, and noun. You so black, ooh, you so black. When you smile, the stars come out. Baby, you so black. When you're born, the God come out. This has been According to Fox. See y'all next week.